Uh, right, Colossians chapter 4. We're going to close out the series um, Close out the series this morning. We've been working our way through the book of Colossians for uh, several months now, but uh, we've reached uh, the very end, um, coming into a, a Christmas series. Coming into an Advent series next, uh, next well, not Advent series, coming on Christmas over the next few weeks. And then what are we, do, what are we doing in January? Anyone know? Word and Spirit. Of course we are. Spiritful church. Something to do with the Spirit in, in the church uh, and prayer in uh, January, in the Word in January. Right. Um, well, if you've missed a whole series of through Colossians, uh, I guess, where have you been? Uh, you know, um, but they, they're all up online and, and word sheets, and we, we kind of encourage life groups to kind of work through them during the week. But really, the, the theme of the whole book is the, the preeminence of Christ, or to, or, or to kind of, which really just means that Christ is before all things, that, that it's all about Jesus, that, that he's the, to be the center, as the t- clues in the title of the series, he's to be the center of all things. And uh, we're going to pick it up, with, with that in mind, we're going to pick it up as we close out this, uh, this, this wonderful book and pick it up in chapter 4 and verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. This is Paul writing. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So we're going to just step through it with uh, particularly spending some time, a lot of time in verse 2, and uh, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. And that's a theme that we, we, we read a lot of in the, New, in the New Testament. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 18, we should always pray and not give up. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, pray continually. In Ephesians 6, perse- we're called to persevere in prayer. And another translation of this, this verse 2, where it says, you know, devote yourselves in prayer, could be continue steadfastly in prayer. And so I want, I want to ask, well, what, what, what is it about prayer that is, is so important and is calling for our devotion to it? You know, what, what is so important about prayer that calls for our devotion? I wonder, what's your, your view of prayer? What's your experience of prayer? Is it just, just going to, to God, you know, God help me, you know, with your list, kind of, well, I've got this, and I need, I need this, and I'm a bit under the weather, and the kids are sick, and I'm busy, and I don't know what to do about this, and it's just kind of like a shopping list, just boom, 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 and right, that's, that's it. Maybe that's your view of prayer. Well, the best quote I've heard on prayer, just in preparing this, is that prayer is keeping company with God. Prayer is keeping company with God. It's communicating and hearing from the living God. Prayer is keeping company with God. Because in any relationship, there needs to be communication, doesn't there? You know, if you don't communicate, it's not much of a relationship, is it? You know, things start to uh, come come a gap, and, you you know, you're missing out on something. If you're not communicating, you know, husbands and wives, if you're not communicating, you're missing out. With, with friends, if you don't communicate, you, you lose touch, don't you? You, you, kind of, you? you lose touch and so on. And, uh, and that's what he's seeking. He's seeking a closeness with us. You know, right through, through Scripture, you know, the whole of the book of the Bible is, the whole, the whole of the Bible is really about God drawing a people to himself. And he's seeking a closeness and intimacy with us, his chosen people. 
And so we'll come back to the other verses uh, this morning, but I really just want to spend some time looking at prayer this morning. We've, I say it's, it's right through this, the, the whole Bible, even in this book. You know, we read in, in, in uh, chapter 2, verse 6, that we're to live our lives in him, live our lives in Christ. In chapter 3, our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. That we're chosen, that we're forgiven, that we're set apart. This is why he, he sent his son to die on the cross for us. That we might be forgiven, that we might be set free, that we might be adopted. We might be brought, brought near, brought back into a relationship with him. He's seeking a closeness to his people. That we might be free of the, the wages of sin and death to come into, back into relationship with him. We see it. It's how we're designed to be. We see it in, in, in Genesis. You know, uh, man and woman walking together with God in the garden, in perfect relationship with, with God in the, in, the, in the garden. We see it. It's, it's how we're designed. It's how we're, how we're made to be in, an, in a close relationship with the living God. It's how... We were made, and when we when we, when we when we don't have that, when we don't have that relationship with the living God in our lives, we 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 spend our time chasing after other things, trying to trying to fill that void, maybe with money or career or relationship or status or what people think of us, trying to fill that gap in our lives that were made for a relationship with the living God. At our very deep deepest, we were designed for a, a closeness with God and intimacy with him. In Hebrews 10, the writer says, Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, speaking about Jesus dying on the cross here, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed pure with water. Let us draw near in light of what Jesus has done on the cross, in light that he's paid the price of our, of our sin and all our mistakes and all the things that we've, we have done and will do wrong, in light that he has paid for that at the cross, therefore draw near. Therefore draw near to him. Sprinkled clean, washed clean, as pure as water. Because that's how he sees us. In light of what he's done at the cross, he sees us as pure. We have the righteousness of Christ. And he's saying, now come near. You're not just forgiven and go. You know, if you're in a courtroom and so on and, and you're accused of something and you're, you know, you're found not guilty, it's kind of, okay, not guilty now. Now go. Now you can go. It's not like that. It's no, it, it's, you're, you are guilty, but somebody else is going to pay the price. And now come near. I see you as perfect. I see you as pure. Now come near. So we have this right to draw near. Not just a right, but a, an invitation to draw near to him. And as we draw near, what happens? In James, it says, draw near to him, and he draws near to us. And what, are we, what is it we experience when we, when we draw near to him? Why? You might be thinking, well, why, why should I draw near? What, am I, what's the, what do we get? What's the, why should I? We experience, like we've spoken about, and I spoke about it a few weeks ago, we experience his perfect peace. We experience his, his perfect love. We experience more of his, his grace, his love, his forgiveness. We, we, as we draw near, we, we realize, oh, wow, he's, he's so much more holy than I realize, and my, my sin is so much more serious than perhaps I realize. But, but wow, the, the forgiveness and his grace and his mercy is so much bigger than, than I realize. And it's, it's an ever-increasing thing. So it's not as though we, we draw near and we, we get to know him. I think, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know him now. 
you know, I'm, I'm close to him now, that's it. No, it's, a, it's an ever-increasing thing. We discover more of his peace, his joy, his grace, his strength in increasing measure as we draw near. As his Holy Spirit alive in us, working in us, it changes us, makes us more like him. We grow closer to him and we, 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 we continue to explore and receive the wonderful riches that there are of the relationship in Christ. And one of the ways we draw near to him is through prayer. It's keeping company with God. And what happens when, what happens very practically when we, when we pray? He hears. He hears. Yeah, we've um, a young family at home and uh, got a baby monitor, I'm sure, you know, like all responsible parents uh, do. And especially as new parents, when you, when you have the baby monitor, uh, you know, you, it's, it's always with you, it's always on, it's always up, and the slightest sort of, you know, murmur, twitch, cough, you're kind of, oh, oh, you know, what's, what's going on? And uh, obviously as... as, as as you have more children, as, as time changes, you kind of, <laughs> you, you, you uh, perhaps don't do all of those things and uh, turn it down and, uh, oh, where's the baby monitor? Anyone seen it? <laughs> is it plugged in? Is it on? But my point is that you, as, as loving parents, you hear. And as, as a loving father, he hears. We might sometimes feel as though we're, we're, we're praying something we've prayed, you know, hundreds of times before. He hears. He hears. And like a... Uh, this is perhaps is where the analogy of the parents goes a little bit worried. He responds, yeah? He responds. Like those new parents, you know, he responds. Maybe not in the, the timing and the manner that, that we would expect, but folks, he, he hears and he responds. I don't know about you, so often my, 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 my prayer life can be, can be very transactional. You know, I can kind of can go with my list and think, well, uh, okay, let's pray. Love, love praying, but uh, I can just go with my list. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about this, and I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that, and I'm not sure how to do this, and I need help with that. And it can be very, very kind of transactional. You know, put stuff in a machine and, and expect something out the other end. And there's, there's a part of it that, that, that's, not, that's rightness to that, you know, in terms of we're called to seek, pray, and ask. We're called to go to our Heavenly Father like that. But if that's all, that is, if that's all my prayer life is, if that's all our prayer life is, folks, we're, we're missing out. We're missing out on that intimacy, that relationship. You know, if, if all I did with my relationship with Natalie was, was ask her to do things, you know, if that's all we did you know, in, to one another was just, can you do that? Can you put the bins out? Can you, you know, uh, get me a coffee? It, it wouldn't be much of a relationship with it. And yet so often I can find myself going to, to my Heavenly Father with a, with a list in a very transactional sort of way, and I'm missing out. And I suspect that's true for many of us. So yes, it involves requests, and we're encouraged to do so, but some of it involves worship. You know, worship, listening, spending time with one another, drawing close. It's keeping company with God. It's not an intensity that he's after, you know, kind of, uh, you know, crying out, although it may be like that sometimes. It's not an intensity that he's after, but habitually, he's after a relationship with you. Your loving Father is after a relationship with you, a closeness with himself. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross, that, that you might be brought to him. There's a verse about that somewhere. Um, it looks like walking with him daily, spending time with him in his presence, feeding on his words, aware of what he's done, reminding one another of what he's done. It's why we go through, you know, and have life groups really is to, is, is to remind one another of, of the goodness of God, remind one another of what he has done and what he is doing and spur one another 
on. I mean, it's a, a daily intimacy. It's not just kind of checking in and checking out, kind of, you know, uh, as you might do. You know, it, it's, 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 you know, it's an intimacy. It's walking in relationship with the Lord. It's not a, a once-a-week kind of Sunday, uh, you know, well, I'm going to church, so uh, I'm sure we'll pray sometime. No, it's, it's a daily relationship with the living God. It might look like... Uh, just you, you, finding some time on the way to if you go if you go to work in an office somewhere or something like that it might or, or to university it might just look like finding some time on your way into into work just just praying just saying God just talking communicating with the living God hearing from Him instead of kind of you know scrolling on a phone or or whatever it is just just spending some time praying and listening and being with your heavy, heavenly loving Father. It might spend some. It might be. It might look like just reading his word. You know, install an app or whatever, or uh, or say to if you're married, you know, say to your husband, "Hey, can you take the kids for half an hour? I'm just going to go and and spend some time with my heavenly Father." It might look like switching the TV off or switching the phone off. Just just making that bit of space to to, to invest in this relationship, to invest in a relationship with your loving Father. It's seeking and savoring the presence of God, and because He He gives Holy Spirit within us, that can happen anywhere can happen here on a Sunday, can happen tomorrow morning at your desk, home, while you're changing a nappy, uh, while you're in, at school, at university, in the car, you can meet with him, hear from him, pray to him in those moments, because his Holy Spirit is alive in us. It's why sometimes when we, when we gather like this on a Sunday, we want just to, to pause in our worship and just, uh, you know, we, we sense the Holy Spirit, he's always here with us, but when, when we sense his with us in a, in a special way, we want to just pause and press into his presence. It's like, God, you're here, you're speaking to us. Let us not just carry on with our agenda. Let us not just carry on as we'd planned and, uh, and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. But God, you're here, we, we seek, we savor your presence and so we're just going to go with it. We're just going to go with it. We're going to press into it. We don't want to miss it or quench it. We want to press into it. And I want to salute those of you who uh, contribute. I mean, Tim this morning, uh, others regularly do, I know. And um, it's, it's wonderful because the Holy Spirit speaks through us all. It's, it's what we call body ministry. You know, it's not like we're not here for a performance or uh, an experience. We're here to meet. We're here together as family to meet with the living God, to encourage one another, to support one another. So when folk contribute, it's, it's great. When we hear, have the gifts working, like the spiritual gifts, tongues, prophecy, interpretation, words of knowledge, it's special, and we want to lean into it. It brings us closer to him. Right, back to the passage, verse 2. Being watchful and thankful. Watchful of our, of our lives, watchful of the times that we live in. You know, if you're aware that you, you are in a battle, if you're aware that, you know, uh, there's a battle going on around you, you will behave differently if you think you're on holiday, right? You will behave differently, aware of kind of the tactics of the enemy and, and plays of the enemy at work. You'll, you'll behave differently if you're aware of where you are. So watchful of our lives, watchful of the times that we live in, and watchful to the return of the coming king. He's returning. Jesus died, rose again, but he's coming back watchful of the return of the coming king. There's a, a song that uh, the guys here wrote. Don't we love the songs they wrote they, they, here, yeah? Don't we really love those? Uh, we were chatting on Friday, and it's got nothing to do with what I'm saying. And um, some, one of them said, uh, I think it was Joe, 
said, oh, sometimes when, when I sing the song, when we play the songs that we wrote here, um, it feels like God, uh, I'm paraphrasing, it feels like God move, you know, moves in a real special way when we sing those songs than just when we sing other people's songs. I said, well, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. Like God, God no offense, God spoke to, uh, God, God put these songs on your hearts for us. And, I mean, for sure, others will enjoy them and be blessed by them, we trust. But he put them on your hearts for us, and so it's not surprising that, that when we sing those, that uh, something special happens. And, and of course, he uses other good songs as well. But, uh, and, and one of the songs, anyway, back to my point, is that we might sing later, is Maranatha. And it just means, come, Lord Jesus, come. And it's a, a sense of looking at the world around us and the pain and the suffering and the difficulty and, and, and all that's within our own hearts as well, and saying the answer, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. So watchful, thankful, a true appreciation of our status. You know, that, that we're dead to the world and this powers, and this, this is a theme that's throughout this whole book of Colossians, that we're dead to the world, we're in the world, we're dead to this world and its powers, but we're alive to Christ. With all our sins forgiven, destined for eternity and a future with Jesus, and, and that, of course, produces thanksgiving. Aware of, of what you've done, aware of what you've been rescued from, it, it, it produces thanksgiving. God, how is it you would choose me? How is it you would love me? You see how broken I am, how, how messed up I am, but you still love me, you're still patient with me, you're working in me, and I'm going to spend an eternity with you. It produces thankfulness. Verse 3, And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. A little challenge there. And one of the ways we can, we can engage with this, so this, this here is, is Paul, the apostle in, uh, in prison, and he's saying, hey, pray for me, because, you know, there's other stuff going on, and um, we can get involved in that too. I don't mean praying for Paul in, in prison, but uh, Paul mentioned, this Paul mentioned, uh, just before I got up, about other church contexts, whether it be Watton or local or even further beyond. You know, we've got Ben and Sarah in Frankfurt. There are other churches that we connect with beyond through relational mission. And we can be a part of that mission by praying. You know, it might feel like, well, that's the easy, op- easy option. You're kind of just staying and praying. But as I said earlier, God, God hears. He hears and he responds. And so we can be a very real part of apostolic mission, of mission beyond our borders. Although we're called to be, you know, here, we can be a very real part of mission beyond our borders by praying for what happens in, in some of those places through connection with, with the relational mission. There's prayers of many events where we just gather together and pray for some of these things. And, it, and I want to tell you, it's powerful. It is powerful. Okay. We're coming into land. Verse 5. <clears throat> Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Another challenge. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everybody. He's saying, folks, time is short. If you think there might be an opportunity, you know, whether it's a, at work or with a, a, a friend or a family member, you think there might be opportunity. If you're like me, um, and I'm sure you're much braver than I, if you're like me, then you might see an opportunity and, and think, oh, is, God, is there an opportunity here for the gospel? Is God, is God, I'm going to go and think about it. I'm going to go and pray. I'm going to go and chat to Natalie about it. Who'll tell me? Yes, it was, and and you know you missed it. Um, my point is time. Or Paul's point is time is short. Don't wait around thinking is this an opportunity for the gospel. 
take it. A challenge to me. I say that as, as somebody who would rather kind of go away, pause, reflect, oh, the opportunity's gone, <laughs> uh, than, than press in, seize the opportunity, and seize the moment. Okay, so I'm, I'm just being real with you, but that's a challenge to all of us. Um, let people see that something different about our lives. Yeah? Folks should be able to see that there is something different about our lives. Not that we're perfect and, you know, we don't mess up and make mistakes. Let's, we need to be real. But folks should see something different about our lives. Our family members, our colleagues, our friends should see something different about us, even though I say we're not, we're not perfect. Um, and, how, and that should reflect in our speech. That we're called out from this world and into a, uh, a new life in Christ. And I don't mean it's some kind of, you know, jargon or lingo or, you know, anything like that, but just a, there's, a, there's a, a grace and, a, and yet a salt to, our, to our, our lives and our speech that uh, others should, uh, should see. It's full of grace and love for one another. Okay, I've deliberately gone a bit short because I wanted to spend some time just drawing near to him. It would be a strange preach if we just focus on that and then just kind of, right, let's go, click your kids, go home. And so, Johnny, can you come back up and uh, should we stand... I do, I do believe the Lord is speaking to us um, as, a, as a sight about he's calling us to a closeness to himself. I don't just mean a closeness to himself now and, you know, and that's it, though there is an opportunity now. But actually, I believe he's calling us to an ongoing closeness to himself. I believe he wants to... He's not up for a lip service, sort of skin-deep relationship. He wants, he wants all of us. He wants all of you. Yeah, you know, it's like that verse, seek him first and these things will be added to you. He wants your hearts. He wants a closeness and intimacy with him. Maybe you feel far away from him this morning. Maybe uh, I've no idea what's going on in, in your life. Maybe you just feel far, far away from him this morning. And uh, you're kind of thinking, How, you know, maybe you're not following him at all. And you think, oh, look at what I've done. You know, there's no way he'd want to be near to me. There's no way he'd want to be close to me. I don't really want to be, you know, near to myself right now. And I want to tell you that because of the cross, you can draw close to him this morning. The price for whatever uh, is going on, has gone on in your life, has been paid for at the cross by Jesus. And in light of that and his righteousness, which has been given to you, he invites you to draw near to him this morning. Maybe, and this maybe uh, is true for more of us, uh, you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, but you've kind of settled for the status quo. You've kind of reached it, you know, you, you kind of know it, you've been walking with Jesus for a while, and you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know Jesus. He knows me. I pray sometimes, read my Bible sometimes, and you've kind of settled for a, uh, the status quo, as it were. You kind of settled for for what you have. And I believe that he is calling you closer to him this morning. I think that's a challenge for all of us. He's calling us closer to him this morning. Not just a, a momentary thing, you know, a, a, a sort of a fuzzy feeling on a Sunday morning, but he's calling you closer to himself. An ongoing just closeness, uh, an increasing of a uh, relationship with him, receiving all that he has for you in an increasing measure of peace and joy and grace and forgiveness. He's calling us closer to himself this morning. 
He's given us his Holy Spirit so that this can be a daily thing. As I say, not just a, a Sunday once a week, kind of come and draw near and then go off and do our thing the rest of the week. He's given us his Spirit within us so it can be a daily thing. It can be a lifestyle. He wants, you to, he wants us to know him better, to know him more, to know him deeper. There are depths of love and care and affection that, that we haven't even started to plumb yet. Even if you may think, yeah, I know him and I know some of his love and care and affection for me. I believe he wants to say this morning there are the depths of his love and his care and his affection and his forgiveness and his grace that you haven't even scratched the surface of yet. And he wants, his, his plan is that you spend the rest of your, your days here and eternity plumbing those depths. Not settling for something superficial, but coming closer to him. And as we do that, as we draw close to him, he draws near to us. It's a, a wonderful confidence we can have. Not in anything that we've done or haven't done, but because of the cross, as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to respond in worship. There's some uh, wine and cracker on a, on a seat near you, and uh, I want to encourage us as we, as we take the communion to press into him, to draw near to him. We're doing it because of the cross, not because of anything in us, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross. We get to draw near. No matter how far away we may be, we get to draw near to him and into his presence. And so I encourage us as we, as we do that in a moment to, to press into him. You might just want to spend some time on your own, just, just, just drawing close to him in prayer. You might want somebody just to pray with you, whatever works for you. But let's pray and respond in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the, for the cross that we are forgiven, that we are free, that we are accepted because Jesus paid the price for us at the cross. Lord, that we're, we're not just forgiven and go, but it's forgiven and come near, forgiven and draw near, Lord Jesus. I pray for us that we would just know that, uh, um, that have that confidence in the gospel that we get to draw near. I pray for my... Uh, friends here now, Lord, that, you, that uh, we be those people who want to draw near to you, who want to live in closeness to you, Lord, who live just lives just keeping company with you. Just about our daily lives, we're just, just in company with, with you, Heavenly Father, through, by your Holy Spirit, work in our lives, just in step with you. Of course we make mistakes, of course we get stuff wrong. But we want to be those just in, in step, walking daily with you. Help us to do so. Creating us a thirst, I pray, Holy Spirit, to go deeper, to uh, draw near to you. Not to settle for, for some sort of status quo or uh, some sort of skin-deep relationship, but to, to press into you for more, trusting and believing you for more. That this isn't it, but there's more. So we just say, Holy Spirit, would you come now? Would you come do a work in our hearts? Come create a thirst in us, Lord. We, we, we pray that, Lord. We want to we, we be a people who are thirsty for more of you, thirsty for more of your presence in our lives. And so we say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit.
Amen.